how do I put myself in front of bigger people who can give me knowledge in a faster pace? And I was like, you know what, man? Like, we need to just build a business and have enough money to be able to afford their hourly. And just kind of put, put ourselves in front of there. And, or if God just hope that I just run into him one day and just something sure. happens. Sure, that might happen. Like, yeah. there could be a chance event where you meet someone somewhere, yeah. right? And you could even maybe set up. You can manufacture a chance event. Let's yeah, be honest. Yeah. Now you can kind of troll people on social media and go, they're going to be here at this time. I'm just going to conveniently show up and be cool. And you'll get a chance. Like, that's yeah. happened to me in life. But before. to have a sit down and to get coached and to, that's, right. that's a whole other... Plenty of people have joined the Empire Mastermind with me and Craig just to be able to build a relationship with us. $50,000 are well spent. Why? Because one, we get to help them accelerate their business. Two, we see them three times a year and get on the phone with them 12 times in a year, right? On yeah. a monthly coaching call. Soon, they go from a client to a friend to a potential business partner. And then that's how I've developed business partnerships. Like it's a pay to pay, pay to play model, but not enough people understand to pay, you gotta first stay in the trenches for a decade or so and earn that. And it may, listen, it may not be a decade. The other day- Especially nowadays, I don't think it is anymore. No, dude, the other social media and everything. No, yeah. um, I forget the name of the company, but it's it's this, that that people buy and send to people as a gift. Sure, I've, I'm, yeah, I've never I met the of founder of that, his name is Julian. Like three days ago, he came to my gym to work out with me and, um, the dude went in four months, went from launch to four and a half million in four months. Yikes. Like Jesus. now he's got the money to reach out and say, hey man, I wanna come and work out at BK Strength. And I'm like, who are you? Oh shit, you are somebody, come on over. Because I realized there's something that I could use him for. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's a win-win. You know, I don't want you, obviously you're not going to spill your seven-figure mastermind secrets, but I'm a bit curious on what happens in those closed doors. And I'm sure everybody that's watching also has a lot of questions. What do you see as the key differentiator between, maybe you can give me three bullet points as a key differentiator between a very successful business and somebody that's still stuck as a small business? Good question. The key differentiator in a business that's very successful versus someone that's stuck at, let's say, average or mediocrity. Yeah is in the mindset of the CEO. And it's three things. Are they growth-minded or fixed-minded? They need to be growth-minded, which is open-minded. Mm -hmm. Are they an enthusiastic person or just kind of boring Eeyore, you know, like Eeyore like from Winnie yep. the Pooh? You gotta have enthusiasm. Like I've seen salespeople who have a horrible sales presentation close more deals with enthusiasm than people that lack enthusiasm but have the fucking sales presentation down. Uh-huh. Enthusiasm is attractive, it gets people to buy, they will throw money at you. And then the third and final thing is the ability to problem solve. Mm -hmm. Either see yourself as a victim or problem solve through it. And if you can be enthusiastic, you can be growth minded and have the ability to problem solve, dude, that leader, that CEO will always scale faster than the guy who goes, man, something happened to me, like I'm the victim, right? Yep. Um, we always do things this way because this is how things have always been, fixed-minded, and just not a great leader. Like, are you gonna are you gonna follow someone into the depths of hell if they're not enthusiastic and can't really move your spirit? No, man. So you gotta be an enthusiastic leader, otherwise you're fucked. You bring, since we're talking about leadership. Previously, you brought up poor leadership versus good leadership versus great leadership. What do you mean by that? For the last six years, every Monday morning, I've been writing a an email to my team. And today's email, ironically, because it's a Monday, was good leadership versus great leadership. <laughs> so it's so funny that you brought that up. It's almost like you tapped cool. into our Monday morning emails. And people will ask me, well, why do you spend, of the six years that I've been writing these Monday morning emails, only one Monday is I missed it because I was out of the country and half my team like reached out like, are you okay? Did you die? What happened? We didn't get our Monday morning email. I was like, <laughs> fuck, it's Monday in California, right? Uh -huh. So anyway, that said, 
everyone is a leader. Number one, you have to, you have to understand you're a leader. So if, how do you know you're a leader? Well, if you've led yourself to a broke relationship, to a broke bank account, to being fat, sick, diseased, and tired, you're a leader. You've led yourself to that. So everyone uh, is at the very least leading themselves. Okay. Right? And then you're leading the people in your immediate circle of influence, mm. your friends, mm. your significant other, and then you're leading your team. So if you have a business, and so poor leadership, everyone starts off as a poor leader. That's just the facts. Very rarely is someone born as a good leader or a great leader. Good leadership is someone who can actually encourage you. A good leader is encouraging, and then it stops there. A great leader is someone who can see potential in you, pull you aside and say, hey, Adam, I'm going to have a brutally honest conversation with you because I see something in you that you don't see, and I think that you've set a glass ceiling for yourself. Your thermostat is set to low, and I'm going to help you crank it up, or you're likely not going to be here. A great leader will challenge someone to lean into the sides of their comfort zone, and that's what I wrote in my email today. Great leader will always challenge you to lean into the sides of your comfort zone until that comfort zone it's is broken. broken or widened, right? Whereas a good leader will like, hey man, great job, you're doing a great job. And then a poor leader is someone who's passive aggressive, who doesn't lead from the front. In other words, they're like, hey, we're gonna have a meeting at this time, but they're not there. Or they show up a few minutes late and they're unprepared. You, can, you know a bad leader when you see him because like, hey, this person's disheveled, they forget the topic of our meeting, uh, they, they just don't know how to lead from the front. They're a hypocrite. They want you to do this, but they're not doing it themselves, mm -hmm. right? So that's poor leadership. So everyone's a leader. It's just what category do you fall in, poor, good, or great? Let me, I'm kind of curious, where, in what position in a business does somebody go from working inside a business to outside a business? Like what shifted in your head that made you realize that? And when is that shift usually for most businesses? The shift should have come faster for me. And it goes back to, again, leadership. Leadership is always the problem. Leadership yeah. is always the solution. And when you're a good leader, you realize I could only work so hard and I could have my team members only do so much. But if I can have people thinking at my level of speed, like upstairs, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, I didn't even say seven strong leaders. Like each of them could run another company. So I could think of more ideas and they could like, like Joan runs the Empire brand for me. Like she's the leader of the Empire brand, right? However, she started off as my assistant. And so she scaled up to that because I was able to pour into her. I saw something in her that she either knew that she had or she didn't. Either way, but I poured into her. So a great leader will pour into someone because they go, hey, that, was, that person's got the it factor. He's got the it factor. Like I can tell you've got the it factor. So if you were to come in here, I'd pour into you. I'd challenge you as a great leader would. And then I'd go, hey, dude, this is what's going to help you begin to work on the business. Because right now you're just a cog in the wheel. I want you to lead a department. I want you to lead one of our companies. I want you to ultimately have your own company. So the way a person's gonna step out from working in their business to on their business is to surround themselves with more fighter jet minded people who are, have the proclivity to problem solve, communicate, and think for themselves. Like, have you ever had a regular day job? Uh, uh, yes, when I was a long time ago, but Okay. Yes. So imagine young Adam working a retail job, yeah. goes, oh crap. Something went wrong, whatever the thing was. Mm -hmm. Then you go to your manager and you're like, hey, this went wrong. Now, that's not a person that I would necessarily want to hire at that point because all you did is bring the problem to the leader. Yeah, right? Provide a solution. Right. Mm -hmm. Someone who has a proclivity to step up to a higher level is when young Adam goes, hey, boss, here's a problem that I found. Here's three ways I think we can solve it. I'm going to let you pick and I'm going to go execute. It's so funny you say that because last week I had a team meeting with, my, with a couple of my executive team members and I was like, guys, 
I've been seeing a consistent rep repetition with you guys on the fact that you come up to me with a problem with no solution. Right. Now, if you're confused, that's fine. At least communicate that to me. But I have so much on my plate, and if you continue to deliver problems onto it, it's not going to help this company move forward at all. So I, I told, then they become yeah. part of the problem. Then you start thinking, how do I fix them? So yeah, how do I, exactly. it's by firing them, right? Because all we do as CEOs is yeah. problem solve. That's it. Yeah, that's Think about what you use problem solve. So if, if, if a team member starts looking like a problem to me, if you smell like a problem, you look like a problem, you're probably a problem. And you just keep bringing problems to me with no solutions? Well, dude, if I wanted more stress, I'll just go fucking hire more stress. I'm hiring a problem solver. So I'm going to have to replace you with someone else. So speaking of replacing somebody else, it's kind of like a subject that nobody likes to talk about, firing sure. people, yeah, yeah. right? What are the couple of things that you look into someone and say, okay, that's it, I'm done. And how far into the process are they before you say you're fired? Like, are you quick to fire or do you give chances? Yeah, no, no, no. You got to be quick to fire. So fire fast, hire slow. Like that's, that's a given. However, having said that, no one ever thinks that I'm going to become an entrepreneur, I'm going to start this fitness franchise that's going to go global, that's going to hit the Inc. 5000 and Entrepreneur 500 list, and then I can't wait to fire my first employee. Like, you don't <laughs> think that, right? I, I think, like, good things are going to happen. We're going to change people's lives. We're going to have our brand across the world, right? And then we're going to create a supplement line that's going to feed those people. Then, then we're going to do a deal with Icon Meals that's going to, meals are going to show up to their homes. Those are the thoughts that run through a CEO's mind, or at least a potential CEO, they don't go, I can't wait to fire my first person. So there's, I don't know of anyone who likes the idea of firing people. Sure. You soon get desensitized to it. And uh, I learned it from a, the Navy SEAL friend of mine that I was telling you about. It, they, they call it choosing the mission over the man. Okay. And what that means is, and this is a pretty effed up way that, that all high level military personnel operate, but they'll always choose the mission over the man. Meaning if they've got an outcome to produce, they got to go kill or capture a bad guy, a roadside bomb maker they will be en route to blow that guy's house apart and then all of a sudden one of their team members gets shot. You have to tend to yourself while they go finish the mission. Oh, wow. And then, oh, it's, wow. because if they start tending to you... Now the mission's now the mission sidetracked. sidetracked and now they're getting shot at, right? Now we all become victims. So really to help you, I got to go finish the mission and then come back and help you. And so it's That's mission so over the man. Real. Using that mindset, I realized very quickly that, holy crap, I might like the person like when we have bowling nights or when we go to Malibu and hang out, like You're I super chill, chill. Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. the person. Like I would hang out with them on any other day other than a work day, right? Because <laughs> then you get in my way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like you can't confuse liking someone with their productivity and performance. Mm -hmm. And so when you choose mission over the man, you or woman, you simply have to go. All right, 